This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The progressive overload and consistency is really the underlying factor. The trends are the things that we use in order to do those things, right? So what are the trends we use that help maybe help us stay consistent? What are the trends that we use to use progressive overload? And a trend is just a kind of a a shift in the way we utilize something. So we can still do progressive overload. We can still do uh, be consistent, but are there things that add to that? Hi, my name is Pete McCall. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This is a special January 2023 Fitness Trends Edition with 2022 Personal Trainer of the Year, Rick Ritchie. And that's a quote you just heard in the beginning. Rick is an old friend of mine. We've worked together on and off for about 20 years now. We started out as master trainers. As master trainers, you educate and train other personal trainers. At the time, we were working for a large health club company, and we were teaching the NASM certification to other personal trainers for our health club company. And NASM is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. This was back in the early to mid-2000s. At one point, I left. I went to go work for another health club company. Then I went to work for the American Council on Exercise, which is a competing certification organization to NASM. Rick stayed with NASM for the past number of years, in addition to starting a couple of his own businesses and training studios in New York City. That quote you just heard, the reason why I'm playing that quote, and Rick and I are talking about trends, and he said something very profound in this conversation, and that is the principles remain the same, meaning that there are only a few specific principles for how the body adapts to exercise, specific adaptations to impose demand, the said principle, You have the overload principle or the progressive overload principle, meaning you need to challenge your body to work harder. The said principle tells us that the body will adapt to the way that it is trained, specific adaptations to impose demands. And then there's the principle of variability, changing changing the input or changing the training stimulus up on a somewhat regular basis, not day to day, but every few weeks or every couple months. That's known as periodization. Those are foundational principles of strength and conditioning or of exercise physiology. If you want to learn more about that, you can listen to the audiobook that I'm reading of Smarter Workouts. I'm interchanging, I'm interchanging interviews with reading through the audiobook so you can understand the science of exercise program design. That's why I'm calling that out. So if you want to go more into the science of how to design exercise programs, go back and listen to the Smarter Workouts recordings. What Rick and I talk about today are the trends that are going to change how we do fitness in the coming year and in beyond. And like I said, Rick said something very profound. The principles remain the same, but the trends are how we do fitness, and those will evolve and change year to year. Now, just to note, this is part one of the conversation. I had to schedule, I I got scheduled for a pretty important meeting I couldn't miss, so unfortunately I had to to truncate this interview, and Rick and I are scheduled to record part two. So this is part one of Fitness Trends for 2023 with the 2022 Personal Trainer of the Year, Mr. Rick Ritchie. 
Today on All About Fitness, we were speaking with one of my longest, one of my oldest friends in the industry. And, and this is so cool, Rick. I was so, so stoked for you because you deserve this. Rick Ritchie is, was, is, was what, what's the, you can fill it in, the personal trainer of the year for IDEA for uh, 2022. So Rick, thank you for joining me and welcome to the All About Fitness podcast. How are you doing today? Hey man, I'm good. Pete, look, I thank you so much for having me. Thanks for that shout out. It was a huge honor to be, I mean, not as huge as being asked to be on your podcast, but it was a huge honor to be the the idea personal trainer of the year for 2020. And I just got that award a few, uh, sorry, 2022. So I just got that award a few months back. So it, it, I need like the full year until somebody else takes that mantle. So until then, I'll yeah, you got to walk around, still. man. You're the king right now. Somebody has to knock you off. But no, in all seriousness, man, congratulations. <laughs> <They> will. <laughs> no, but congratulations, man. You've been doing this a long time. Appreciate and it. As, as a master trainer, I mean, I know you've influenced a lot of people. So right now, what I want to talk with you about the personal trainer of the year, but also just somebody who really understands fitness is talking fitness trends for 2023. So Rick, you're in, the, you're in one of the fitness meccas. You're in downtown New York City, Manhattan. What are you, and and you get out, like me, you get out, you work with a lot of different companies, a lot of different organizations. Well, I don't do that so much anymore, but (laughs) you do. So what are some of the trends? What are some of the trends that you're seeing for 2023? Uh, I think probably one that's still pretty cool. I get questions about it all the time. Uh, I don't feel like a, a session goes by where somebody is not checking their watch to see what their heart rate is or checking their watch to tell me about how much sleep they got. So I, I'm going to go with wearable tech for uh, probably the the number one trend because it's still evolving, Pete. So it's not just that we're checking heart rate and we're doing sleep trackers. The wear, wearable tech is really advancing and it's advancing a lot. When you got people companies like Google that buy Fitbit, you know, and all of these other big tech companies, Apple getting in on this game, you're going to see so much more technology come out because everybody's trying to one up each other. So uh, for instance, I'm diabetic. I have a feeling in a few years, I won't have to wear a monitor in my arm. I won't have to do finger pricks. I have a feeling my wearable tech is going to be able to tell me what my blood sugar is. So um, there's different things, different colors of light that read better for different activities. So there's green light, there's blue light, there's red light, and they all measure things in different ways. You might notice if you take your, your Apple Watch off, I take mine off, it's got a color, it's green underneath it. So it uses a green light. Hmm. So... I have a feeling you're going to start seeing different lights being integrated into technology that can measure rest better with a certain color light, measure activity better with a certain color of light. So that, my friend, I think is number one because the trajectory of wearable tech is on the up and up. There's a lot of things on this list, but some of the things are not new. I think wearable tech is because uh, what we see right now is just, again, tip of the iceberg for what we may see in the future. Well, on that note, Rick, and I had this conversation with somebody recently because this is a perfect example. This morning I was doing a workout and I've been wearing a MyZone, Terry Wood from uh, MyZone 
um, gave me a gave me a unit to test out, and I've been playing with MyZone, and I, and I really like it. And I've been using my Apple Watch less and my MyZone more. But this morning, I lost the I, well, I didn't lose. I misplaced it. The little uh, heart rate monitor clip that you're supposed to wear on the oh, MyZone yeah. belt because I am I prefer wearing the belt around the chest because you get a much more accurate reading. What I found, and, and I did this when I first started wearing Apple an Apple Watch um, a few years ago. I was comparing. I said I don't know if you remember those social media posts I did. But I would do workouts with an Apple Watch on one wrist and a Polar with a chest strap on the other. And, you know, oh. something like a steady state workout, like endurance oriented workouts, both were relatively the same in terms of heart rate and calories expended. But anytime I did strength training, kettlebell training, anything in my I'm moving dynamically, the Apple Watch is probably 15 to 25 percent off of what the chest strap was recording in terms so of. It, and I assume the Apple Watch measured higher than the and and the reason i say that is because it's probably got the uh, the uh, gyro gyrometer inside of it so if your arms are moving but your chest isn't really moving that much it it may be reading it at a higher count than than what maybe the other one is but i can i can see the difference because one's measuring a lot of things including movement and if your chest isn't moving as much as your arm is then certainly that's that's going to and that's the thing. A chest strap records the electrical output from the electrical signal from the heart. So it's getting a direct signal from the True. heart. The, to your point, the light on the wrist, what it's measuring is blood uh, passing through an artery. So it, it's doing a, a reflection. It's doing kind of a, it's balancing. From my understanding, from what I read about it, was when you're wearing a wrist-based monitor, it's measuring the blood passing through the artery, as opposed to a chest-based monitor is doing electrical output from the heart. So the, but the point with that, Rick, where, where I'm going with that is, I felt weird walking into the gym, not having my heart rate monitor on, you know, I mean, it was like, oh, almost yeah, yeah. like, did I really work out? You know, it's almost like this, this FOMO, did we, I mean, <laughs> are we becoming, I mean, I love tech and I'm surprised that we're not at the point, like seven years, Apple Watch was out in 2014. I think that's out 2014 or 2015 was when um, Apple Watch was released, the version 1.0. And I thought within five years, I thought by now that I would be downloading my data every month to my health insurance company to get lower rates. You know, I thought that's where oh, we yeah. would be going. You know what yes. I mean? Like of where, like with good drivers, if you if you put a, a good driver monitor in your car, you pay lower insurance rates. And it makes all the sense to me in the world for that those of us that 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 make exercise and health and physical activity a priority, that we can use our wearable technology to get a lower to get advantages when we do stuff like life insurance, health insurance. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that we're not there yet. You know, I thought we'd I be there. I think it'll right happen. I think you. I, I think you're right. And then that's uh, that's the thing about being a futurist when it comes to this stuff. You don't know when it's going to happen, so we we may aim a little too soon because the the tech seems like it's building up. Uh, a lot of times, the there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to that. Some people, some companies don't want those discounts to take place. Uh, some people do, and it really is a lot of bureaucracy, bureaucracy to get through as opposed to here's some really cool information that is deliverable, uh, but nobody wants to read it. So um, for personal stuff, right, like now you can, you we understand heart rate variability a little bit better. We know that the there are sleep trackers, and they're not the best, but they're not bad. And that's well, the you, thing. Like, there's this. a Sorry lot of in. decent things out there. Yeah. Sorry to cut in. Do you use it? I mean, how do you use it? I mean, as somebody, I mean, do you use it? How do you use it for yourself? And then we'll move mm-hmm. on to another trend. But real quick, yeah. how do you use the tech for yourself? And then how do you see, just briefly, how do you see clients using it? Because it's like, on one hand, 
I look at it as like cool to collect some data, but if I'm not constantly tracking and monitoring, why why should I be collecting data? You know what I mean? So how yeah, are you using it? That's great. Uh, I will say this. There are some times where I wake up and I'm tired and my watch tells me I crushed my sleep. <laughs> I did a great job sleeping and I'm like, I don't know if I did. Uh, there are times which are normal there. I might wake up after five or six hours of sleep. And that's just how life is sometimes. And I get up and I go and my HRV is low, but I still do a workout. I don't wait for my HRV to be high so I can work out. I work out because this is the day and the time and the window that I have to make it happen. So <clears throat> I do feel like sometimes people can use sleep in the HRV as an excuse to not do things. And there, I do believe we have to be careful. Uh, how do I use it? I use it as information. And if I'm working with people that are clearly just not regularly getting enough sleep, have a conversation about sleep. You know, what are some of the things that we can do? Like just trying to make it better and see if uh, the other thing too, which I would love, and I don't see this as a trend, but I don't think we're too far from it is being able to get some real um, biometrics like you might get from blood work. And maybe in the future, you could get that from saliva. But I would love to be able to do a lot of this stuff where I can um, I can really track almost like blood work. I'd love to do that where my clients start training with me and they have their blood work. And at the end of it, they go to get their physical again. And we look at their blood work after they're done and see, you know, where's their cholesterol? Where is, where are the things? And are we seeing a trend in the right direction? That kind of stuff really excites me, but it's just too hard to do right now, it, unless you're already doing, and you should be, uh, your regular annual visits, but that's an annual assessment. So it's not something that we can just stay on top of and really track. Well, and you're right. I mean, that's the thing is, is it's coming out now. And, and there is, I did interview somebody a year ago, year and a half ago um, from a group called Inside Tracker. And what they are, it's Inside Tracker. And what they do is that you go to, you go to a lab and you, you provide your blood and you send it to them and they spin it out and they, they give you the data that you need and you have a dashboard yeah. that you can, I mean, it's interesting. And I think, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think that's one of the big trends because then you can monitor all the inputs. And I'm looking at the guy right now. It's like David, it's David. He's an Australian guy. who has been doing a lot of the research on anti-aging. He's one of the, um, he's one of the guys involved in that. So let's, 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 let's put this, let's set tech to the side because I don't know about you. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of tech. It always intimidates me. What's another trend that you see? I mean, what's, and what's, what's always ironic, Rick, is I find it funny that every year we look for the new trends when in reality, consistency and progressive overload. That's all you need to freaking know and take time <laughs> off true. every few, take time off that's every, true. take a week or two off every couple months. You know what I mean? But, but what are some other trends that you're noticing and, and that you think will make us sweat in the coming year? Yeah. So here are some of the things that I think. So to, to speak to that, what you just said underlines the basics of how we actually make progress. The trends are what we use to help make that progress. So that might be kettlebells or that might be a uh, suspension wait, 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 training, Rick, right? Rick, Rick, I, that was such a powerful statement. I want you to say that again. Really say that. That was a really, really powerful insight. Say that again. Yeah, thank you. So, so the progressive overload and consistency is really the underlying factor. The trends are the things that we use in order to do those things, right? So what are the trends we use that help maybe 
help us stay consistent? What are the trends that we use to use progressive overload? And a trend is just a kind of a, a shift in the way we utilize something. So we can still do progressive overload. We can still do uh, be consistent, but are there things that add to that? And I think one of the things that add that's adding to that is um, a lot more of the in-home training that's going on. Um, in-home training took a big turn over the last couple of years. I mean, there was a while as a gym owner, I, I couldn't find equipment. I couldn't buy equipment because everybody was putting a gym in their house because they couldn't go to the gym. Uh, I think people are really making a go of that. And so they're using some online platforms in order to help them do the gym stuff in their home. So I think in-home workouts and then um, platforms that deliver in-home workouts. Uh, I think it's interesting. Now, I will point this out that I think is really interesting and really weird. This has to do with a survey from the ACSM. And they talk about what was such a big deal during the pandemic was virtual training. I mean, that was big. It was really high on the list. It didn't make the top 20. It didn't show up on the list of the top 20 things to that are trending now. So I don't think it's so much virtual training that's trending, but I do think a lot of these platforms, and, and of course you might be thinking Peloton, and that would be a great example, or Neo U or the Apple, you know, you can, you can watch TV and those things, or iPad or your computer or your watch probably, and be delivered a workout. Um, and that could be tonal. It could be the mirror. There's so many things that are delivering the workout to home. So your in-home workouts are not just, do I have a set of adjustable dumbbells? The in-home workouts really kind of create this, uh, at, encompass all of the things that deliver it to your house too. So the, the delivery of the platform, not just the resistance training or the type of exercise you do. And see, I think I think you're right. I think we've become. I think in the last couple of years, we've created habits around around working out and around working out at home and working out in different places. And it's funny. I have a friend moving into a new house right now, and she's like totally kidding out a whole her garage gym. That was like her priority when she was house hunting. <laughs> she was like, she's like, hey, bedroom. She's like, a bedroom's a bedroom. She's like, all I want. She's like, my my priority is I want to kill her home gym and I want to I want a fun yard. She's basically going to build an obstacle course in her backyard. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so and, and, you know, and she's a local. She's she's a friend who's a coach and whatever, very active. And I, I agree with you. I think our, people are doing that, but it's interesting because um, obviously I, I work for a, a high volume. We call ourselves high value. I sometimes refer to it as high volume because many of our gyms, uh, Rick, have upwards of ten thousand members in, in in one location. Our gyms wow. are slammed right now. I mean, we are slammed. Oh yeah, we've, we've had some issues with a couple. We've we've recently opened a couple clubs, and we did not have enough parking. We were the gym. I mean, we literally. I mean, we got. I saw, saw some pictures of just like the overcrowding. Let's just say some of our neighbors were not happy with us. <laughs> oh, I bet. But, when you start taking over the 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 bank's parking lot and the the subway sandwich parking lot they're like mm -hmm. no it, 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 the thing is one of the trends though in, in this acsm recognizes this and i'm always a little skeptical of the acsm trends right because they're i they're they're very academic and, and i don't view them as being on the ground but one of the things that we see rick is in our gyms and in other gyms i go to i i, I work for eos but i have a membership at 24 hour because it's right across the street from my house and Ooh, now convenience, this is the, baby. What's that? 
convenience and that's not a that's not a trend and no it's not convenient. i can fact. walk i can walk yeah. across the street in two minutes and get to the gym or i stop i hit it on the way home coming back from somewhere yeah. else but the the one thing i mean do you remember and rick we worked together 20 years ago how many platforms yeah. did we have how many platforms did we have in one of our gyms in the early 2000s platforms yeah olympic platform like zero I how much turf space no yeah how much no turf space did we have we had no turf how many sleds how many how many you know sleds did you have no sleds have? no sleds none. no ropes none so think about how the modern gym looks now like if we walk into any big box gym not just my facility or anything yeah, but you'll right. see i've been in gyms that look like a freaking they look like a ncaa strength and conditioning room you got so many. I mean, the twenty four hour, the twenty four hour where I go to has eight has eight racks in one area and two racks and two platforms in another. So they have eight platforms in one wall and two platforms in another. And at our newest gyms, Rick, at our newest gyms, we're opening with eight to twelve platforms, and they're wow, full. they are full. As soon as we open, I mean, are there people doing curls in them? All the time, curls. <laughs> uh, one legged curls on a bosu ball. <laughs> They're doing one. No, but but that's even, but but Rick, that's even. I, I'm teaming up with Girls Gone Strong with Molly Galbraith and Girls Gone Strong because oh. every time I go through one of our facilities, there's about fifty percent women on those platforms, and and I'm not I'm not talking. They're getting after it. I mean, I'm talking load. I mean, I'm talking. They're loading. These aren't women doing curls. These are women loading with a lot of weight, and or they're doing advanced lifts. And so I think, what do you see? I mean, do you think? Because if you think about it, Rick, we have we look at workouts now. You and I, for I'm 50 years old. You're some, you're a couple of years younger than me. I see Five, people yeah. our age working out like they're NFL linebackers. How do, do you think? And I look at strength training, functional training, like high intensity training. That ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I think I think that's a trend because we know number one, the evidence shows it works. The, the scientific evidence shows it works. But two, anecdotal experience. So what's your observation on that? Do you think like strength training, high intensity training, is that still something that's going to be making a sweat? Yeah. So I, I, I don't necessarily think, and I know ACSM talked about high intensity interval training and they added that as part of the trends. I, I don't think that's a trend. I think that is, I mean, that's, there's no, it's no longer a trend that, that exists within the environment of the gyms. Uh, what I do think is interesting is when you look at the spectrum of the things that are going on, so you could be at my gym, we don't have Olympic platforms, but we have people that are doing Olympic lifts where they just have to control it down because, you know, we're in New York City, so we have people below us, the people above us, so we have to control for that. But we've got people doing Olympic lifts, we got people doing sleds, we got people doing ropes, and then we got people uh, over in the corner uh, blowing up balloons and squeezing yoga blocks between their legs. And we've got, I mean, I'm telling you, the the spectrum of the types of training that are out there is really incredible. And I think there's value in all of the things that I see. But one of the biggest things that I am seeing that that is picking up a lot is learning how to do some of these big lifts. So these Olympic lifts. And you're right, these platforms, I never saw the platforms when I first started training. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, what are people going to do on that? Olympic lifts and, and, and boy, uh, was that person that had that gym ahead of the trend. Right. And so now we do see that. And, and I think that, that that's valuable because people are, I don't necessarily think 
there's a move away from bodybuilding, which was kind of the only thing that we went for when I was young. It was like, we just want to build our muscles and be big. Now I see that there is such a spectrum of, I want to be big. All right. Well, I want to be strong and not big. I want to be strong and big. I want to be lean and strong is in all of these, by the way, Pete. So again, not that's not a trend. That is what the gym makes ha- makes happen for you. So you build strength in the gym. And you've used these words before, and I thought they're so beautiful, is that uh, you you say fitness is freedom. And and I, I use that regularly now because I love that concept of being able to have strength in our movement, have the freedom of movement, and knowing that those ranges of motion are important too. So our flexibility, our ability to to balance and have a stable and a mobile core. All of these things are valuable. What are some of the trends that we see though? The trend is in some aspects, the breadth of things that are out there that we can partake in. So whether that is core stability, core mobility, um, you know, and those seem like they're two totally different things, but you really need to have both. And we're catching up on that, knowing that both are necessary. Well, that brings up, and I didn't mean to cut in on you there, but it just, it, it, oh, go for it. I, I think, no, but I think what we're seeing too, Rick is yes, we understand the high intensity and I know recovery is a big trend and I, and, and not a trend, but I know recovery is a thing. We're much more aware of that. And you had your recovery. There sleep. are a lot of trends within recovery though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, it just comes back to your thing is we have a foundation of what works and the trend is the tool that, that applies that. I love that. I'm going to be, I'll be meditating on that. Um, but I yeah, really yeah. see one of the things that I see is mobility. And I, I kind of I look at mobility. And the funny thing is, Rick, 15, what, 18 years ago, uh, they started coming out with prehab and dynamic warm up. And all. And, and now here we are. You get a couple people post on social media, knees over toes guy, whatever, some guy post mobility. And now mobility is like the biggest trend in the world. And I'm like, I know. It's, yeah. it's so funny that it's like those of us that have been doing this for years. We kind of understand how this all fits in. But the other trend that goes along with mobility that you mentioned is breath work, like breath work is looking at at meditation, grounding, you know, in terms of feet on the ground. I I try to make it a point. I've been trying to make it a point the last couple of months of going to the to the beach every weekend, at least walking on the sand a little bit, my bare feet, you know, going in the water a little bit. And and it just from having read some stuff about grounding, it sounds a little woo woo. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm in Southern California. I pay a crap ton of money to live here. If I can drive five minutes to go to the beach and try to do some grounding on the sand and go get grounded, yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm not, it's not cost me anything. Damn it, Dude, it you're making good decisions if that's I'm, what you're I'm, doing with your life. But but in all seriousness, like, what role do you see? Like, we have mobility, we have breath work, we have meditation. That's kind of like the yang, the yang to the yin, right? If we look at high intensity strength training, is is we have yeah. the sympathetic nervous system. We have to we have to account for the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest. What 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 modes are you seeing in that in under that category? Cool. So I'm glad you brought this up because this was kind of like the the sealer of what I was going to bring up when it comes to uh, trending and and it's not something that's going to make you sweat. It it can, but it is uh, wellness coaching that we're seeing a lot. And as you know, NASM has just recently come out with a wellness coaching product and and it's it's expensive and they are crushing it and the reason they're crushing it is because it's just addressing people's 
health and wellness from a different perspective. It's still through movement. That's the base of it. it. But it's learning how to coach people past these places that are feeling like they're getting stuck. And what are some of the ways that wellness can be coached? It's coached through breath work. It's coached through um, trying to get to that parasympathetic nervous system to bring some calm, get the cortisol levels down, the anxiety levels down, to go walk in green spaces, to ground yourself, to go bury your feet in the sand for a little bit, all that stuff. And and I know, like you said, it sounds woo-woo, but the researchers that have put out the peer-reviewed content on it are going, it sounds woo-woo, but here is how your body responds to being in these environments. And it's incredibly positive. So how can we work with people to, to help identify that? And that kind of goes back to the wearable tech. Like, I think it's important to point out our sleep because the sleep is not just about how hard does that allow me to push at the gym, but it's how well does it allow me to live my life because I got sleep and not just because my head hit the pillow and my eyes were closed and my brain shut off, but what is the level of, of sleep that I got? We can kind of track that and through tracking it, then we know that something may be missing, right? So that may be you were sleeping, but you also had alcohol and that alcohol is kept you from having a deeper level of sleep, right? So can we move that alcohol earlier in the day? Can we move caffeine earlier in the day? Can we start to cut certain things out? And not telling people what to do, but coaching behaviors and allowing them to find the path. So for me, I think the, the wellness coaching kind of addresses a lot of those things. And wellness in general is a hot topic. And we're not talking about like beauty products, as wellness, we're talking about actually steps towards actively finding yourself at a better place in your life. Well, no, I think you're right because, and, and I'm smiling for listeners, uh, for for the listener out there. I'm smiling because you're you're talking about what I'm looking ahead to to our personal trainers, right? Like this year, I'm really trying to get our personal trainers better at programming and developing programming. But I'm looking oh, ahead man. to next year to really promoting the wellness and the health coach and and really cool. trying to, but. It's it's interesting because we hired so many young people, young adults as personal trainers. It took us, what, three or four years before we realized that, oh, it's not just about the exercise. It's about, That's right. it's about nutrition. It's about habits. It's about – so really what I'm looking at doing is as we hire on young adults that are transitioning into the fitness industry, I'm really trying to kind of engage them with where – with what they're interested in, but that, as they become into our system down the line, I want them to think about wellness, right? I want to take that 24-year-old meathead who just is all about lifting right now. In three or four years, I want him to be that health coach, guiding, you know, talking, you know what I mean? That That is oh, my vision that. for where I'm trying yeah. to go. Now, real quick for the listener, I, I need to apologize to Rick. I need to apologize to you, and I need to apologize to the listener because I'm going to have to cut this off. I have a very hard out. I have to be on a, oh, I have to, well, no. I have to be on a call. We're talking about, <laughs> but we're talking about CPR certification for all of our personal trainers. So this is not a call oh, I can you skip. We that. need to, it's yeah, one of those yeah, things. It's like, we that. need to make sure that everybody is CPR certified. And that is my fault. I, that is my fault. I run two different calendars. I have a calendar for work for, and I have a calendar for the podcast and, and I, they're not integrated the way they should be. So um, this didn't pop up my work calendar, Dog, yeah. but, but Rick, I am going to follow up with you yeah. because number one, we yeah, do man. Number two, you have the sexiest damn voice. In the <laughs> and, and it's just always, I always enjoy. So this uh, is the tease for the listener. 
Rick and I will follow up on set another appointment. So this is part one of 2023 Fitness Trends. And Rick, I certainly appreciate your time, man. And I apologize for this such a goofball thing. I'll follow up with you and we'll record part two Perfect. in the very near future. So, hey, man, thank you for your time. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch base and reconnect very, very soon and get the next one in the can. Thanks for having me, Pete. I appreciate it. Take care. Hey, again, that's part one. As I explained, I made I had a little scheduling goof. I maintained two calendars, one for the podcast, one for work. Um, so anyway, if you want hey, if you want information about how to design your own programs, I have a bunch of links down below. I have three ebooks I wrote. I have Smarter Workouts. I have Aegis Intensity. Smarter Workouts will teach you how to design exercise programs. Aegis Intensity teaches you how exercise will slow down the aging process. A couple other ebooks are down below. They cover functional core training, dynamic anatomy. They will all teach you how your body works so you can design the exercise programs for your needs. Rick and I are recording part two. You will hear part two very soon. As always, thanks for stopping by, and I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.